This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, all the way from L.A., I got Takesha Clark of Capital Postal Mailbox Service. going to show us how she has been an entrepreneur for a long time in, in her latest venture, as well as letting us know about her reality TV show that she is shooting the pilot for, and, you know, what are the next uh, big plans for her? Takesha, welcome to the show. Hi, welcome. Thank you for... Uh, for coming on. This is just, like I say, a conversation that can be heard around the nation. And, you know, we like to talk about entrepreneurship. And I know from other interviews you've done, you know, your grandparents, like mine, were entrepreneurs. So you saw it at a early age. Um, I saw it coming up. You won't remember the 80s, but I saw it coming up from, from the 80s. And the hustles were, you know, they were various from daycares to all type of stuff. So um, how, you know, not how you got started, because people can go see that interview. But mm -hmm. this business that you're in right now is mm -hmm. the postal service. Correct. How did you even get the idea to say, that's what I want to do? I mean, you weren't working for UPS or the, the you know, United Postal. So how did this get inspired to do this type of business? Well, when I when I had my tax company, there was a postal store right next door to me. And I seen it go from doing really bad to doing really good. Um, the guy, I seen uh, the lady that owned the store, she was uh, selling it. But I had just I had just started my Liberty tax store at the time. And so of course, I wasn't ready to purchase it at the time, but it was something that when I seen the person she sold it to when he moved in there, how he took it from ground zero. And then I seen him like really, really grow and it really started doing really well. And I was like, hmm. And I always used to go over there and talk to him and, you know, conversate with him and things like that and ask him different things about, you know, the posts, you know, how, how it works and everything like that. But how I really, really got involved was a friend of mine. She, her, I don't want to say her name, but she, she, we went to school together and she had contacted me when I had my um, tax business and she was selling all of her postal stuff. So she had contacted me because she knew I had a business. She didn't know I wanted to do a postal store. And she contacted me and asked me, did I want to buy it? Because she had, I guess, let her business go. And so she was trying to get rid of all the stuff. So she had a whole store of everything to set up. So I purchased it from her. And then two months later, I started my store. Now... Now you purchased a you know a ready-made store, a box, a business in a box. But mm -hmm. I would think that you know postal. There's so many like clearances they probably make you go through. And like, mm -hmm. did you get certified? And what are some of those things for someone saying, "Well, wow, that's a cool idea." You know, mm -hmm. she kind of reminds me uh, of myself, round the way girl with the red hair with the flare. Like, what did you? 
have to qualify for as far as business? And did you do that first or after? So, yeah, what happened was I did my research. I had to do that before even opening my store because I was not sure on how to run it. So I ended up finding this this um, company called RSA, which is a retail shipping association. So I joined the association. And once I joined the association, I took the classes and the trainings that they offer to all of all of the independent postal stores that want to become um, owners or managers or whatever, they offer all the training for that. So once I did that, I did my own research first and then I found them and then I went and took their training. But I started my store before I actually took their training. I went and researched up everything on how to do this, how to do that on my own. But then once I went to their training, I just got in debt with, on how to run it and how to operate the postal store. And it helped me a lot to really, really, um, to do great. So, so the, it's the RSA, correct? RSA. They're, they're called retail shipping association. Now, something I preach a lot that makes my business stand out is, I go to conferences, I join organizations. To me, they make the difference. It sounds like RSA made the difference in you taking the next step and being successful in this business. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Okay. They, with, it was a very, a very, very important step in me being able to you know, move to the next level or go to the next level. Okay, and let's just, talk about that and there may be other groups that you are a part of that are like that but there was probably a membership fee correct and it was probably mm -hmm. it probably wasn't twenty dollars or a hundred dollars I, I bet it started probably at 800 no actually the membership wasn't the the high fee it was the, the classes to take those classes is very expensive then mm -hmm. sometimes you have to fly out to you know be able to take the classes because sometimes they don't have them in California at the time that may, you might be able to go, but they do have them mostly all over. But depending on what time you can actually take that course, you might have to fly to go take it. And then you got to pay for your, you know, your room and board and, you know, and the class. So I did, um, I was able to catch them when they was in California. So I looked up on that one, but um, what I did was I did pay for my hotel, my hotel stay, and then I paid for the classes that I needed to take in order to cer certain things that I felt that I needed to help me scale the business and stuff like that. So I took operational ownership one-on-one, and then I also took um, mailbox I forgot the number of that course, but I took uh, mailbox rental. It's a number, but I can't think of it at the moment, but it was something that I needed so I can understand the depths of, you know, being able to rent out my mailbox. How does it work from in and out? I needed to learn. That's how I found out where the software, I was able to purchase software through their vendors. I was able to purchase POS system through their vendor, vendors. I was 
able to just find vendors through them as well to help me grow my business as well. Okay. And so, you know, taking those classes and, and all of this is coming, you know, this is thousands or thousands of dollars. But would you say, you know, a lot of us, we can save up. We can get that money starting from scratch. But where the class is hard, you know, people want to know, did, did the classes have, you know, calculus and geometry where you had to know, you know, how many inches? Because that throws a lot of people off from even just. Starting. No, no, the classes is not hard. What they are, though, they are long classes and they are very, they're detailed, but it's a lot of information. So sometimes, you know, a lot of information can cram you <laughs> to where you'd be like, oh, my God, this is. You know, this is a lot to take in, but, you know, it's it's not about you being able to sustain it all right at the moment. It's being able to leave there and go back to the information and, and go over the information and obtain it on your own. So that's really what that's really what I was able to do. And that's how I did it, you know, because it was a lot to take in all in one day, you know, and I did, I took think I think I did two classes in a day and then the other, the next day I did two more classes or something like that. So it was just a, it was just a lot of important information that we need, but you know, I was able, cause I give you everything that they speak about or talk about or teach about, they give you a handbook on it. So they give you the information to take home with you. So all you have to do is just put in the time and the effort and the work and you'll figure it out. Okay. So it sounds very doable as long as you put in the time uh -huh. and save the yeah. money. Now, what about, you know, background? Because you have to have, you know, a top flight security clearance to get into this um, and be an owner. Well, it's just... You don't have to have top flight security, but certain things it does quite depending on what what things that you're going to be offering in your store. So everything don't I mean, they do do background checks on everything, but you don't have to have, you know, as long as you ain't no killer or, <laughs> you know, um, but it's certain things that does require background, like lives can require background. Um what else? Um, I think I think FedEx run a little background check on you. Depending on what services that you're going to provide, they run background checks, you know, but not every service do. So it's services you could provide that don't run background checks, you know. So, you know, I tell people to just, you know, go for it if that's what you want to do because everything don't run a background check. Okay. And then Put your kid, add your kid on if they 18. <laughs> Let them be the owner, <laughs> you know? No, that, that's that's real. I, we have a, a, a healthcare company here in Florida as well. And, you know, sometimes depending if somebody's record, how it was, and it, it can say how tied in, even like your accountant, right? It, right. You have to, sometimes it depends on where you're at, but it's just been interesting to kind of learn, you know, from state to state, the different rules and regulations. And I would say, you know, I could see if they say if you're doing fraud, you couldn't have right. a company. But if you were selling marijuana and you weren't using the postal office, I, I would say, you know, can that slide? Because a lot of people just got caught up with you know, selling a, a nick or a zip. Well, stuff like that, like, you know, that kind of stuff. I 
I believe that kind of stuff is not relevant because it, it hasn't. Well, I don't know. When it comes to shipping, <laughs> I don't know. That could be a possibility. I never looked at it like that, but I wouldn't think so. But, you know, we are shipping postal kind of stores, so we got to be careful, you know, things of that nature of, you know, be mindful. Huh? When it comes to shipping, are there things that you can guard and like protect yourself if somebody is trying to ship, you know, cannabis, let's say? Well, it's, it's, well, no, not really, unless we feel like that individual is suspicious or something, or they're doing something out of the ordinary. You know, we look for clues like that. Or, But if somebody come in with, this is like the post office, somebody come in with a box and ship, you know, we can't check their box. We can't open their box. You know what I'm saying? That's That's out of our hands right there. But if we think that that person is doing something suspicious, then of course we can alert the higher uppers, you know, but, you know, we can't, it's not our job to be able to detect everybody that come through here, what is in it. Cause we can't, we're not entitled to open that box up and check that box. That's, that'll be, you know, though, that'll be a legal issue at that time. You can't go caring on them and say, what's in that box. I got you. I mean, we can ask now if they tell us that, you know, we can say, so what are you shipping? You know, on a just a conversational kind of acts, not on like trying to be the police, police and all. But we can, you know, we can general conversation, you know, but who's really going to tell you what they really got in their box, especially if they got something like that in there. So, you know, but you no, know, we basically go off of, you know, just. Just, just, a, just if 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 they give out any suspicious kind of, you know, act or doing something that just seemed like there may be some fraud involved or something like that, then you know maybe that'll be somebody that you know you might think okay maybe he could be doing something you know that's not legal, but at the end of the day I don't judge anybody. They ain't coming for you. <laughs> I don't judge anybody. You know, I don't put no jacket on nobody. So, you know, I let the, I do my job and I let the, the higher uppers do their job. Just put it like that. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. No, I get it. I get it. I, I just, you know, I'm thinking of so many different things and I'm saying, I wonder if any of her friends ever pranked her and brought her a box and it just was ticking real loud. And, you know. Just, just- no, thank God. If I heard a ticking bo- box, Something was ticking. I would definitely be like, uh, "You gonna have to open that box, or you gonna have to take that somewhere else." Because <laughs> I ain't shipping that. You know, if I heard a, t- a box with some ticking in it, oh no, I'm not sending that. I don't care. They gotta go. Okay, <laughs> I will refuse the right to uh, provide service to them because, yeah, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to. Um, <laughs> to try to ship that and leave that in my office. I'd be too scared. I don't know what's in there. Okay. Now you being from California, um, I'm I'm from California, as I told you. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anybody who looked like you having a postal company. I see it now that I lived in the South. I've seen it in Louisiana. I've mm-hmm. seen it in Texas. I've seen it here, even right here in South Florida. The lady, you know, right here. Black woman, Jamaican, 
did you know anybody who looked like you who was in the postal business? Just the guy next door from me that I told you when I had my tax office, he was next door. He was black, but he didn't. But at first, the the first owner, he purchased it from a Hispanic woman. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he he was there and I was there at that office for almost like five years. So he was there probably like four of the years I was there. So we ended up, you know, become really good friends. Like I still talk to him now to this day, like we're really good friends, you know, and he came over when I first opened my store to come check it out, you know, and see, you know, how things was going and things like that. But you didn't know any women who look, who look like you? No, I, I still don't. <laughs> okay. So, you know, and that's very, it's, it's newsworthy for businesses like this because a lot of times, you know, we're portrayed and sometimes it's true as we just want to do sports. We just want to dance. We just want to, you know, do something in entertainment. But this type of business that you have, I mean, you can franchise this out or maybe it's already a franchise. I, I don't know. Put me on game. But let me know, is, is the franchise model somewhere where you want to have, you know, five, ten, a hundred of these and, you know, give us. So, a so, yeah, so I'm franchising Capital Postal and Mailbox service as we speak. I'm in the legal. I'm doing we're on the legal doing the legal side of it right now. But uh, we should be launching pretty soon with the franchise uh, part. But. Um, I, t- I plan to take it global. That's my goal. You know, I- I'm planning to take it global. You know, I'm not just looking to do it in California or just go to Vegas or, you know, just New York or I'm trying to take it all the way global if I can, because I have had a lot of people that's on the what side they're they're in the. I have people that has hit me up in the Philippines and people that's hit me up in China. (laughs) They want to know how to open this store. So what I'm going to do is once I launch, I'm going to reach out to these same people that has reached out to me Mm -hmm. and let them know you can open a store. You can franchise with me and we'll give you all the tools that you need in order to succeed. So, yeah. Well, I know where you can, I'm a, my audience knows I, I do investment in Africa. Africa is the now and the future. And yeah. there's such an opportunity for mm-hmm. someone like you. Pick 54 countries, whether you like to be on the water or you want to be central. But mm-hmm. what you're doing would win. It would win like big. And whether you're under the franchise or you take that model and you put a little remix, an African twist. Right. However, that works. Because for all I know, maybe the company says we wanted to be in Africa. We were waiting for somebody to go out there, right? I'm, but, with, I'm, with, I'm with all that. <laughs> I'm with I'm, it all. I'm, I'm gonna send you some some links and and okay. I got a partnership right now. This is all going on camera. I got a partnership from a former guest. He was on about okay. a month ago. Um, who's a friend of mine? He's bringing um, ten people and more to Africa in pockets. And he's teaching them how to do real estate out there. And mm. the, average, um, the average commission on something like that is uh, $6,000 where he's at in Rwanda, right? And mm-hmm. it, I, again, Africa is, is my, it's the now, it's the future. I've been 
the wild. I've been watching it. I've been watching it, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and guess yeah. how much money you need per month to be rich in most places. Hmm. Guess, just guess how much you think you need. Probably like five thousand. Five. Try three. Now there are some countries if you want to stun a little bit harder and buy everybody drinks, or you got to yeah. have a a certain type of home in this particular neighborhood. Yeah, you know, and and it can go up. Our so three thousand that from where we're at, we can just take three thousand from here and actually use it out there, and it can be. Or what we have? Wow, a month, a month. Um, you know, and you'll have things it's like. Cuba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you'll have the things that we do here that take up some of our time, like you know, even uh, folding clothes, um, cooking our food. We can pay somebody to do that, and now you're stimulating the economy. Now you're, you know, hiring people. Some people, you know, have a, a maid for every um, child they have. It's just, you know, I just throw that out there because I just finished the book, and I'm gonna send you a link to it to kind of show you people who have done exactly that and they've been able to blow up. And I got real life, you know, friends who I can tell you stories. But this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it back to the interview because people are like, oh, I need to hear some more of that, you know, postal game. And, right. and, and so, you know, with COVID, did that, you know, increase the business or did it impact? COVID did for my business. COVID increased my business. Um, it went down a little bit. It went down a little and then it went back up because I'm a non-essential. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm an essential business. So I'm able to stay open throughout COVID. You know, um, it did. I was a victim of the, all of the protesting and all of that kind of stuff where they was breaking in businesses and busting windows and stuff like that. I was a I was a victim to that, but you know, um, we did we did have to close up like um, three days out of a week. We started off with three days, and then we worked uh, three and stuff like that. Well, well, we worked four, and we and we was off three, and so and no, and then we did four days, and then we only worked three. It was just we was just trying to figure it out to try to figure out how can we still work but not still be exposed to the you know to the um COVID and so now I, I have did some upgrades to my office and I put up a wall now so now we have bulletproof glass and a, a wall to where we're not even have no access with the cu customers you know mm -hmm. and they don't have access direct access to us so we kind of have it you know, to where try to make it is for my employees and my customers to feel as safe as possible and and just feel like, you know, that at least we're we're doing the best we can to try to keep people social social distance and stuff like that. So Yeah. You are you are so essential because there's been so many things people have had to mail and you know to me the u.s post office is a joke it's always going to be a long line it's always going to be a rude employee because they know they're safe their right. jobs are safe but with you know with this whole you said 
they bursted up your windows in your store. And I'm just thinking back in, you know, Rodney King. Again, you're probably too young to remember. But I was, I was right, you know, I'm California. And they were doing it, you know, from Oakland to L.A. But were you not able to put, like, a black-owned sign? Or did, did you not even think that? I did once. That, I mean, I did. Most people around in the neighborhood know I'm black-owned because they've been, you know, either to my store or know about my store. But... I don't even know if it was even anybody that was from around here that did that. So. Exactly. That's what I'm going at. Because Antifa came through and, it, you right. know, I just wanted to know if there was no sign or if they just, you know, just forget yeah. that sign so because I, they don't know what's up. Yeah. And I, I just believe, I don't believe it was no one in the, you know, the community where my store is low. Because everybody knows I'm black owned. I'm the only black owned in my shopping center. Mm. <laughs> so. okay. Yeah, so so everybody is aware of that. But once I had to get it boarded up and put the wood up, then I I put a sign up there, you know, Black-owned business, and then I put Black-owned business matter, too. You know, so we just put, like, a slogan up there, you know. Okay. And let insurance do what insurance is for. It it, it did. Yes, it did. Now, how many employees do you have Currently, right now, I have five. Okay. Five employees, and you say you're ready to take it global and and get, you know, hundreds more. Um, You've been an entrepreneur for a while. Did you have to do anything new for this business, like dealing with your employees? Did you did you have to have more sympathy? Did you have to, you know, or be on people even harder because you're like, this is people's mail. We can't, we can't mess this up. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I'm hard on my employees anyway, not too hard, but I'm hard work because I don't like a lot of mistakes being made, you know, and I know we're going to make some, so I'm, I know that, but I just don't want too many mistakes being made because that's a reflection of my business and also myself. So I kind of be really hard on them. We do, we do weekly um, trainings. And also, we also do weekly um, um, employee, uh, like, meetings where we do trainings also in the meeting. So, you know, because I want to keep them up to date on everything. And also, I want them to be diligent and know their due diligent when they're working and dealing with my customers. So, you know, pretty much everybody that's here now, they're pretty good at what they do. And I'm I have a good little, I have a good team. So I'm proud of, proud of them for that. And I just was telling them that if we won't, if, if the shutdown is not coming up and we are able to go, I want to give them a, a Christmas party. So we're going to do a Christmas party. I'm going to do a Christmas party for them. Okay. Why do I see like Acapulco or Playa del Carmen in the Christmas party's future? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, look, I'm putting, I'm putting the seeds out there. that's right now black business does matter and i'm gonna go kind of all the way around just so you didn't say this this is what i said black business matters but a lot of times you see people going after you know government monies and they're like i'm a black business but they don't necessarily hire black and you'll hear many black owners sometimes say it's hard to find black people you know, um, us being a minority who will do the job as well as somebody who is not black. So I just want good workers, not necessarily workers that look like me. 
LeBron and myself and others, maybe you're like this too, want to have your team look like you just because there are certain things that you need them to handle at a time that culturally are normal in our community. Now, what are your thoughts on that? Well, for me, I have a diverse, you know, but I, I, my, my whole team is, is black <laughs> right now. I've, I've had Hispanics work for me, but it's hard to find. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Hispanic, white, it doesn't matter if they're black, they're still hard to find. It just depend on, depends on the individual because I have some great black workers right now that works very good. I have, a, I have my manager, she's here on time every day. She's never late. <laughs> and I know when she come in because it alerts my phone. So she's never late. So it's just de depending on the, the individual that you hire because it could be it don't matter what color they are. You know, if they lazy, they lazy, period. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't want to work. They don't want to work. Doesn't matter. But so I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say that because I have good black people that work for me. And, um, and then I've had good Hispanic people that work for me and I had bad Hispanic people work for me, you know, and stuff like that. So, and bad black people that work for me. So it, it just all depends on the individual that you hire, you know? Yeah. Learn. Yeah, that it definitely is that. And, you know, again, I can make an argument on both sides. That's that's like the lawyer in me to be, you know, like, hey, it's it's hard to find people who just want to work now. Uh, Dave Ramsey says, you know, what employees do, they, they come to work late, they steal while they're there, and they leave early. And you'll find that in all shades. But, right. you know, we do have a section of you know black business who will say black 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 until they're the only ones and you know they sometimes i don't know so i just I think what it is we get so frustrated with our own kind so quickly and we give up on our own kind so quickly that's why you know they feel like that but you keep trying to hire somebody hispanic or you're gonna get the same results trust me I mean, I had a Hispanic working for me, and he was stealing from me. Mm. And smiling in my face, coming to work as like nothing ever happened. And then when I'm checking my books and going over my documents, I seen that there was money missing. Mm. And it was a lot of money, too. So, you know, you just, in this type of field, you just have to be cautious. Like now I have a loose camera system put up in my office. Um, you know, I just, I just, you just have to be mindful. You have to watch, watch your business, you know, at all times. And you have to have stuff put in place where you have the, you know, the cameras roll and where you can, you can go back and check how the day went, what they did for the day, who's doing what, who's not doing what. So you'll have an idea what's going on in your business when you're not there. So that's basically, you know, how I, how I look at it. You just really have to have to pay attention to what's going on. But for the most part, you know, I've been blessed. God has been good to me. So, you know, I can't complain. And it's, it's just get better and better each year. You know, I had last year was a, a not so good year, but it wasn't bad. But this year has made up for last year. So I'm glad to hear that.
And, you know, with all the success that you're having and going to have in the future when you franchise globally, in Jesus Christ's name. Yes, Lord. What, what is like your community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? Okay, thank you for asking. Because uh, what I'm trying to do for Christmas is I'm trying to do a giveaway. I'm trying to do a turkey toy giveaway. That's the goal. Um, so we'll be giving out turkeys and toys for the kids. That's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. And I want to do it at my store, in front of my store, in the parking lot of my store. And so I've been talking to my PR, Lamont, about this, and we're trying to get it, we're trying to get that going and see what we can do to try to make it happen for Christmas. So we're working on that. I spoke with him last night regarding this, and I hope that we can really pull it together and I get some sponsors that want to be a part of it. That'd be great, too. Um, because mostly I was willing to pay. I, I want to do it so bad. I'm willing to pay out of pocket. No, it's always great when you're willing to put something out of pocket because folks who sponsor things, they want to see that. They want to see, do you have any skin in the game or is it all just... Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm putting up all my money. If nobody's sponsored, I'm still going to do it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it would be nicer to know if somebody was able to sponsor because the more, the merrier, and the more... I have the more that I can give. So that's why I would want to sponsor. But other than that, it just I'll just do what I can and help who I can and first come, first to serve. Who comes who come get it first is the ones who get it. And then once we run out, it is what it is. But you know, I have I, I'm a giving heart. I love to give, you know. So yeah, that's something that I'm definitely gonna be doing. <laughs> well, no, awesome. And and the more you get, the more you give to live. So I, I can I can see it. I, I can feel it. You know, entrepreneurs usually we don't create jobs just because we don't want to listen to anybody else, but it's that we can solve problems better than the other person can. Right. So why should we waste our time taking orders when we can do the hiring? And, you know, you're impacting people's lives. And if you get it, if, if you're just under, you know, people are just under you. You're not really doing nothing. But when you flip the pyramid over and see how those people keep you afloat and going and staying, you know, black and beautiful, because you know it don't crack if we don't smoke it. So, you know, you can just you can, you can just be joyful. Uh, you've given the game. I don't want to give the people a game overload, but I do want to ask my, my final question is, you know, you've got to tell us about this reality TV sh uh, pilot you're going to shoot. And is, are you going to have a book to go with it? Well, I don't know about the book as of yet. That's, that's everybody say I need to write a book about my life, but I'm definitely shooting a pilot that I am funding. And I'm, it's about, you know, my life, but it's also about, you know, my, you know, me on my everyday and running my business and stuff like that. But it's also about not only me, but my siblings, you know, and just just giving you a, a, a look on, you know, how I grew up, what we had to deal with, what we and we overcame our adversities, you know, um, because we had... We had, we had a, you know, a rough childhood, but it wasn't that rough, but it was rough, you know, because we had a mother that was addicted to crack cocaine. So 
that's some challenges that me and my siblings, you know, and we all was born with with drugs in our system. Mm. Children, yes. Mm. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got. I man, I'm gonna be. I, I need to see that that sizzle that trailer because yeah. you know, that I, I'm gonna shoot it to you when I'm done. I definitely am gonna shoot it to you when I'm done. Yeah. And we I, just started filming on the 14th, which was my grandbaby's birthday party. Uh-huh. We started there filming at her birthday party. Okay. I, I gotta send you over some some links since you go on that TV route that you can go go check, you know, some things out. You'll be here in South Florida quicker than you think, actually, um, once this whole COVID thing uh, right. clears out. You guys, I don't want to give a game overload. We're going to take the conversation briefly off air, but make sure you like, share, subscribe. I thank you for coming on and being a guest, giving the game. Okay, and could I tell them where they can find me at? You surely can. Okay, you can find me at www.capitalpostalmailbox.com. And also you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Capital Postal Mailbox. And you can also call our office at 562-337-8284. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifiedgame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.